It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's Wednesday night. It's my best and favourite most day of the week. It is, of course, your 13 Pro-Am Community Rugby League Show. My name's Dave Parkinson. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Steve Beach. How are you doing, Steve? All right? I'm doing doing fine, thanks, Dave. A little bit of technical difficulties beforehand. Just uh, That's why we're a couple of minutes late. But, uh, yep, we're all firing it up and running uh, for another good show by the looks of things, mate. Listen, we're used to having gremlins on the line, aren't we? Especially with my broadband. And, uh, you know, I think the gremlins should get a squad number, to be honest, or should be paying some of the subscription charges that oh, are being charged. Oh, now. dodgy subject there, mate. Dodgy subject. <laughs> Um, So, busy show as always. Um, We've got some results to bring you from last weekend, so we'll we'll do that first of all. Um, In the semi-final of the... What what was the competition? It's the semi-final of the Pennine Cup, this, wasn't it? Fryston 30, Westgate Common 0. I think it was the President's Cup, I think it's called. President's Cup. So, there's a bit bit more to that story, though, isn't there? There Because I I believe that... uh, I believe Westgate Common, who we had on the show just a few weeks ago... um, they pulled out of the competition, haven't they? Yeah, they pulled out of the. As far as I'm aware, it's the the uh, the Pennine League. Uh, they felt there was a reading reading what they were tweeting. Obviously, with a lot of games getting cancelled, uh, um, sometimes they would you know sort of push back. So it was sort of merging into the Yorkshire Men's League, uh, and they want to uh, make a good go of the Yorkshire Men's League. And there was other bits and bobs about the winners of the Pennines League getting a. I think it was a Challenge Cup spot. And things have changed there, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of red tape, etc. Uh, has happened. Uh, so they've basically said, "Well, look, you know, we want to concentrate on the Yorkshire Men's League," and uh, and obviously forfeited the game on uh, on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, because the week before, as you know, I was speaking to the guys from Feiston mm-hmm. uh, Warriors, who were really looking forward to it because obviously big local derby there. Uh, they've had some good some good scraps in the past. They were telling us so. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 
it, they're glad to be through, but it's not the way they wanted to go through. No, you kind of you want you want games under your belt, really, yeah, don't you? Yeah, very on much a couple so. Run. You don't you don't want to be bied through to the next round if you can help it. But uh, fair play to Fryston, at least they're they're through to the final, aren't they now? Yeah. So uh, we just wait and see what happens. Then there was the Andrew Bennett Memorial Trophy, Woodhouse Warriors ten, King Cross fourteen. Today that sounds like a good game. I know there was lots and lots of um, weather about, shall we say, at the mm. weekend. So they've done well to a get the game on and b that it's such a, a close contest. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the thing is, in that sort of weather, you you don't know. What, sometimes you can get a big blowout, and then you can get games like that. So you just don't know what you're going to get, do you? Definitely not. Definitely not. From Division Three of the Pennine League, Walton and Crofton Sports Thirty Four, Sherburne Bears eighteen. So that was one of those quite high scoring games, really, wasn't it? Very much so. Very much so. And then from the Barla National Cup, we've been covering that competition. Mighton, Warriors 20, Upton 16. Uh, my spies are telling me that came after extra time. What a game. What, what a close encounter of the rugby league kind that was. And that's what you like, isn't it? That's how you want competitions like that. I mean, I mean, and certainly as you get into uh, uh, round two, I think it was. Uh, but it takes it, the, obviously, through to the quarterfinals now, Mighton. Uh, another game that was on was a friendly between Thornhill Trojans A-side and Osset Trinity Tigers. We had those on the other week, didn't we? And they were telling us how much they were looking forward to getting into some competitive action on the field. Uh, and they, they won by 20 points to four. It was a good win, that, to be honest. Uh, always in charge. I think it was eight points to four at half time. They scored the two early tries. Thornhill hit back. And then uh, they pulled away in the second half to Osset Tigers to get out to a, a 20 points to four advantage and then right near the end uh one try just as consolation really for thornhill so that finished thornhill eight osset trinity tigers 20 uh another result that i've got to bring you as well came from our friends at runcorn highfield we do want to get them on at some point because i want to hear the story about how they've adopted that name again runcorn highfield back in the name of a rugby league uh, they played a friendly against liverpool lions and they won by 34 points to four. And the comment on the Highfield Twitter account was another decent right for the lads on a difficult pitch. And I think that was just that just summed it up. If you managed to get a game on last week, your you, you ground staff, wherever you've got volunteering, deserves an absolute medal. I saw a picture, to be honest, from that uh, that that Thornhill game, and it was it was under snow. Yeah, it's it's been cra- absolutely crazy, hasn't it? Uh, I mean, it's either snow. Of, of flooding uh so it's you, you and, and it's sort of like you you, you sort of think uh you know all these win on the Pennine league obviously the winter league you think how the hell have they managed as many games as they have and then obviously you got at the beginning of it was the, the sort of tail end of covid as much as covid still here but i mean the implications that that you know all clubs had to deal with you know all the rules and regulations that plus the weather uh so I mean, going back to what we were saying there about uh, uh, our team sort of saying, um, well, actually, we, we've got too many matches and we want to concentrate on, uh, you know, sort of things going forward. You can understand it to a certain degree, even though it's disappointing. You can. You can understand it. Um, interesting as well from Allerton Bywater. I think the the game bit the dust, but um, I, I hope that everyone is okay in Allerton because I've seen some of the pictures of the flooding there. So I don't think it's any longer Allerton Bywater. I think it's Allerton in water. Yeah. There's that much flooding, but I do hope that everyone's okay there and is keeping safe. Very much so, mate. 
so yeah, so those were the results that uh, sort of made uh, they made it through. Um, I'm delighted we've got two guests tonight. We're speaking to two different clubs. If I can first of all introduce Ryan Costello, he's chairman of Kirkburton and Cougars. How are you doing, Ryan? You okay? Yeah, good. I should probably uh, put you straight forward, but it's Ryan Johnson. Um, I've got that name on a on Facebook just to, to, to hide from all the other. <laughs> ah, right, that's fine. That's fine. Well, okay, it's it's Ryan from Cutvert and Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be safer yeah. if I go with just Ryan though for me. <laughs> no, I just, I, to be honest, I, I didn't tell you because I wanted to trip you up with it. So, uh, uh-huh. but no, uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, doing really good, mate. Really good. Happy to be on the show. Uh, heard really good things about you guys so uh so yeah Excellent. Good to have you on, and we'll we'll find out all about the Cougar story and what you've got going on, um, because you'll be building to a Yorkshire Men's League um, campaign, won't you? Uh, so anyway, uh, let's let's move on and introduce our second guest, Angus uh, Angus from Liverpool Lizards. I'm not being caught out again. Is it Angus Parkin? It, it is Angus Parkin, yeah. You've, uh, you've, you've got me right. I haven't anything to hide. Uh, um, so so we go from a, a, a club that's been uh, around in the Yorkshire Men's League for a few years to one of the newest clubs around, Liverpool Lizards, that are heading into the Northwest Men's League. Um, so I bet you've got an interesting tale to tell, haven't you, Angus? Yeah, yeah fresh, uh, brand new, fresh club. Um, straight into Northwest Men's uh, three this year. Um but yeah, grown essentially grown out of um, a lot of ex players of a university team, um, of the University of Liverpool's university team, and um, decided there's still quite a lot of us hanging around Liverpool and wanting to pull it together into an open age team now. Um, so yeah, that, that's where we've we've sprung up from. But yeah, uh, yeah, one of the Northwest's newest teams. I think that might have been how we announced ourselves actually <laughs> on our you, Twitter. You must have. You, you must have been like really pleased that a lot of the students have have, have stopped around and are, are wanting to you know devote themselves to, to to rugby league for a year. Yeah, I mean part part of the aim of it as well is to encourage that in um in a sense as well. I mean it, it started as a as I said from well the the committee is made up of four ex students and then the main playing base at the minute is made up of current and ex and ex players as well from the University of Liverpool. But it's you know it, it the that sort of been very useful because it's given us a player base to start off with and but it is very pleasing. I mean we the idea sort of started last year and um, and it was it was pleasing. You know you don't really know until you you stick the feelers out really do you? whether people are going to want to play whether people are going to want to give up sides and stuff and we put it out and the the feedback was pretty was pretty good so. Um, so yeah, that was that was really pleasing actually, and I mean, hopefully, you know, it builds it builds in the future. There's, I mean, within well, there's there's two university teams in actual Liverpool, and then as widening that, so we want to attract senior players. You know, your normal, normal if you if you see uh, sort of open age players, but as as part of a base, it's really pleasing to see how many have put their hand up and uh, are wanting to be involved, and how many uh, you know how keen the, the the main group of us are for it as well. I'm wondering how easy is it to actually set up a team and get it, you know, in a league for starters? Because what was that? What was that process like? Um, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have said it was super easy, but it's not it's not restrictive if you see what I mean. I, as I said, the, the idea sort of really started. Well, the work really started last summer, I suppose, with the 
working out whether we could do it, working out whether it was worth doing it. And then from that point, we sort of, we sent a feeler out to the RFL in around September, um, which is which is quite useful. They came back with some information, some things we want to start out. And then at the start of December is when the Northwest Men's League itself opened for applications. So I think our, our application might actually have gone in on sort of like the 28th of December in a sort of post-Christmas flurry of work uh, from our chairman. And then from there, it's really, I mean, it, it comes on you, comes at you quick. I mean, I'm sure it's it's the same for people like Ryan and stuff at other clubs is that the season comes around very quickly. So it was, I think we were accepted mid-January or provisionally accepted. Um, and the stuff you don't expect, I mean, obviously, you know, we're expecting about, you know, trying to get players signed on, getting everything sorted out, getting sponsorship sorted. But the things like the, when we when we provisionally accepted, um, a question came through from the office men's league about where your players are coming from. Essentially, I assume to make sure you're not poaching an entire mm. club's players, uh, which I know has happened. I mean, from experience and from stories and anecdotes from when I was playing when I was younger, you know, I know it does happen. Um, and I mean, it wasn't a problem for us, but stuff I was through. And then, so it was provisionally getting accepted in the league was our real goal point, if you see what I mean. And then I think two weeks later, near the end of January, our leagues came out provisionally. And that's when that's when people start taking notice, I suppose. It's when we had to start telling ex-clubs that we were leaving as well. We've had to, because obviously we've got quite a number of players transferring from other clubs. Um, so you've got to start sort of telling people your existence, telling people you're leaving, which, which to be fair, a lot of clubs were very, very, you know, you know, very, you know, wished us good luck and and we went on from there. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't have said it's it's never easy, anything like this. There's a lot of hard work going into it, a lot of hard work from people like uh, our chairman, uh, Steve Fanny, who's done a lot of work and stuff. But it, it wasn't restricted. We were helped at various points, you know, by the RFL. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And, um, and by the Northwest Men's League and things like it was, um, we attended, well, a couple of us attended the AGM the Northwest Men's League, and that's really useful just in terms of some stuff you don't hear about. Um, so... But yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but it's not there's not something it's not like there's anything working against you. So I mean, it's just you've got to put put stuff into it. Good stuff. Uh, if, if come come to yourself, Ryan. Um, what's Kurt Burton Cougar's story? How long have they been around? And you know, how, what was that journey to get in the Yorkshire Men's League like? Yeah, it, it was it was very similar um, to what Angus was saying there. It's we we set up about five years ago, and it, okay, we've got a lot of rugby, rugby league teams around the Huddersfield area. Mm. Uh, we set up about five years ago, but we decided that we wanted a little bit something different. Um, the three lads that set up me, 
a lad called Deggy that was going to be coming on and Lewin. Um, we all play rugby union and we love the off-field side of a rugby union club. And, we, and it's a very similar to the university. Uh, we wanted to bring that factor to rugby league, uh, make it a lot more social um, and have that kind of feel. So that's the reason really we set Kurt Bergs up. And like I said, five years ago when we set it up, um, or it's going into our fifth year, should I say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just come from strength to strength. Um, we've had to, we've had some uh, turnaround with the players, but overall we've kept a really close-knit group of lads playing all through it as well. So that's been really, really pleasing to see. Um, and we've just moved up to... Especially when you can't... I was, I was going to say, Ryan, especially as you considered that, you know, two of those five years you've been in existence mm. have been COVID-ravaged. COVID, yeah. So there's not been an awful lot of rugby league that's been being played in that time. No, COVID makes it really difficult. Um, we lost a couple of players to like retirement and stuff like that. Players moved away during that period of time. Um, but all in all, yeah, like I said, the loyalty of the lads that stayed around to carry on playing for us, you know, it's absolutely fantastic to see. And uh, we've just moved to some new facilities as well, which is the best facilities we've had so far. And hopefully going to be our, our long-term home now. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, and yeah, just a lot of good stuff going on at the club. So, so when 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 you spoke about actually coming into the league, was it a similar thing to like uh, Angus has found, where you know the lizards have been placed in Division Three, or did you have to start elsewhere, or how, how did they judge it? So we went in at um, Division Five. Um, they didn't really do too much digging. Maybe it's something they've learned in recent years, and and I think it's something that they need to do more of. Um, I mean, there's a lot of time. I mean, for example. And I don't want to call a local team out here, but News and Panthers last year went into our league, obviously went a whole year unbeaten. They should have been two, three, four leagues yeah. above. And they've got ex-pros in the team. And they should be teams should be investigated a little bit more in terms of what the players are going to be like. And it should try and make it a bit more of a level playing field. Uh, we also did well last year, so I'm not saying that we, you know, we should have probably been in the division above. Um, but it... it, it <laughs> It still it kind of disappoints me a little bit. So with the Yorkshire Men's League, it might be different with, uh, with the leagues in the North West. But the Yorkshire Men's League, I mean, they asked us this year what league we want to go into. We said Division because obviously we were in Yorkshire Men's 4 last year, so we wanted to go into Division 3. We got put in Division 4 this year, so the same as last year. We finished second, um, and we only lost to Newsom on both occasions. And at the end of the year, we lost to Dewsbury... Um, more who brought quite a strong team and we had a weak team um, so we felt like we should have got, earned some kind of promotion there and also it wasn't very rewarding for the lads as well played all year to finish second in the division only lose three games and win 14 or whatever it was or 12 or whatever it ended up being and they didn't really get rewarded for that so we're now back in division four um, yet Dewsbury Moore who finished don't quote me on this fifth, sixth division and moved up to division three so I don't, I don't know how that gets worked out. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong because I don't know that what the workings are. But from uh, from our perspective, it's a bit, bit rubbish for us, really. Uh, we have asked uh, representatives of the uh, Northwest Men's League and the Yorkshire Men's League to come on in future weeks, haven't we, Steve? We have, yeah, and hopefully, because hopefully we can get some answers to these. Because these are questions that you know, sort of, we ask each other. You know, and certainly as you get to the beginning of the year, uh, you think, and certainly this year, you know, we last year. I, I know there was a certainly with the uh, uh, conference, national conference, they changed it into regional. 
from a COVID point of view. But they're going back to how they used to be, where it's, it's uh, you know, obviously more expansive in it's, uh, Cumbria, Yorkshire, uh, and, and uh, Lancashire, all, all involved. Uh, but you, you sometimes wonder, you know, you sort of look at some of the results as you come to the end of the season. Like you were saying there, Ryan, you think, hang on, you know, what that, how, how, how has that happened? You know, uh, one thing I wanted to ask Angus, going into that Division 3, that again, did you ask to go in there or did you get put in there? We we initially, we, we were asked, um, as far as I'm aware, for where we would prefer to go in. Uh, I think uh, we did request Division 3. Mm. Um, I, I, that was definitely where around the discussion was. It's mainly That was mainly based on just on the level that we've played at previously. I mean, it's we're under no, you know, we're under no illusions. It's not going to be easy, especially in our first year. Um, but I think if we were really looking at it, we, we were that was we were asked for a preference, um, and we stayed division three. I would say I'm hoping that it's the right decision. I'd quite quite see well in it. Um, there's a couple of um, of teams that uh, the more recent teams that a few of us have played for in that division. Um, teams like a, a couple of the players have come over from with the Smallfield Tigers, and um, that we've played for previously. They're yeah. one of my ex teams. And then sort of Fatal Heaths, uh, B team are in that division as well, which again was who I was playing for uh, last year on and off. Um, so I, I do think, I think it's a level we can we can definitely be competitive. I think it's not going to be easy. Sort of very well-run clubs in that division, but yeah. we, we were asked. So it was a little less sort of, it was a little less sort of uh, unexplained for, as you see, than, than what Ryan was saying. But from, from experience in the past, I mean, it is, you sometimes get your league through at the beginning of the year and you go, well, how have they ended up there and mm-hmm. and how have this? So from our point of view, it was it was relatively simple as it's where we where we were aiming for, where we wanted to, and you know, as I said, hopefully we'll be proving that it was the right decision. But I'm I'm glad it wasn't like I'm glad there wasn't a not not explained sort of just pushed into yeah, pushed into yeah. a very low division or a very high division. I mean, too high is is what I think we were more worried about because. You know, as I said, first year, there's going to be weekends when you're showing players and things like that. So, yeah, um, I must admit, we, when we started the show a, a few years ago, uh, we were very much following the Thatsweet Bees at the time because they were winning everything uh, around them in the Northwest Men's League. I think they dipped a little bit. I know whether that was because of COVID, I don't know, but uh, I, they're always going to be a strong side. Just looking in there, there's, like you said, there are quite a few strong sides in yeah. there. The other thing is as well, obviously from my point of view, is in the past we've had the other two Liverpool teams on, we've interviewed them, and it's great to see there's a, a, is another Liverpool team, so the you know there's at least a word uh, of rugby league is getting spread, you know, and, and, and you know sort of being encouraged in that way. So uh, I don't know whether you've had any involvement or any discussions with the uh, the other two teams, Liverpool St. Helens and. Uh, Liverpool Lions, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't. Um, we maybe should have contacted the Liverpool Lions. I think the the upside on that is it's not. Again, it's not at any point trying to sort of take any players away from them. They're the very north mm. Liverpool based between Liverpool St. Helens and uh, Liverpool Lions. Liverpool Lions based between uh, Fazakley, I believe, at the minute, um, which is a slightly different area to us, which you know is helpful. But it, it, it I mean, it, it is encouraging from a point of view because. Liverpool has always been one of the. I mean, I, I think it's maligned a lot in the sort of in the press and I mean attempts by the RFL. If you see things like the the Four Nations games and we were meant to have a World Cup game, that it's sort of in the middle of, of rugby league country and it's surrounded 
uh, you know, on a, on all sides by by rugby league clubs, and there's there's very little rugby league present here. But it, it, it's you know, the idea is that it is encouraging. You know, it, it's it's trying to encourage some growth and another team here, which would be which would be really useful. But no, we haven't. I mean, it'd be quite nice to yeah. you know if there's some little free wake up or something. That, yeah, well, those know. are the things I'm thinking okay. of. Yeah, just to, to you know for promoting well, it, it, the it game. might be something for pre season next yeah. year. To be honest, I mean, it, it we. We discussed it um, at the start of the year, but as I said, the the, the leagues just come around so quickly yeah. that it was a point of a point of you know aim for the first game and we'll we'll go from there. But yeah. I think pre season next year would be good because it'd be a good way of, you know to get a bit of press as well. Definitely. You know, a little Liverpool Cup going. Definitely, definitely. The the other thing, of course, the burning question has got to be Liverpool Lizards. Why was the Lizards come from? Because Parky will tell you. I, I was flicking through uh, the, the fixtures, and your name just jumped out at me. Uh, and yeah, I said to Parky, uh, this." It, it's jumped out at quite a few people. <laughs> but as I said, when uh, when the leagues came out, being a few of us still being in sort of group chats from former clubs and stuff, there was a a few comments made <laughs> about the name. It it comes it comes from it is a a nickname that the the university rugby league clubs used for a very long time uh, that. That is something that we identify with. It's something that that is is admittedly is reasonably funny. Quite a lot of the time, people get you know, get a lot of questions asked about it. But it's something we identify with. It's useful that you know it's sort of alliterative as well. Um, but yeah, that that was where it came from. It, it grew out of a. I I, I think it was a, a member of the club used to own a lizard that yeah. everyone found a bit weird and quite funny. And it grew into calling ourselves a lizard informally, and still the university club used it sort of informally. And then we thought, you know, if it's going to be set up by by us as ex-players, we might as well call it yeah. something we identify with. As you said, something that stands out. You know, it hopefully stands out on social media and stuff. But um, it does. It does every now and again need explaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's going to go on and on, and rightly so, because like you say, and it's from a marketing point of view, it's it's ideal, isn't it? In in, in that respect, I mean. Uh, I mean, I suppose from your point of view as well, Ryan Cougars is another. Uh... Yeah, well, um, all I'm saying is don't uh, Google Kurt and Cougars. Uh, I think you'll find some of my uh, female family members on there. Uh, <laughs> the That's a but, different site. No, we we got uh, we got quite a lot of uh, stick for our name when we set up, um, but in my opinion, all publicity is good publicity, yeah. isn't it? Especially when you're running a rugby league club. Um, so Liverpool Lizards is going to get you noticed and mm-hmm. yeah I like it and, and talking about images you know because it's a strong image on, on the badge which I want to come to you on a little bit later Angus but th- that design of the Cougar that you've got on your badge Ryan where, oh, yeah. where did that come from because I mean it's it's all like right angles and you know yeah. like, it's, far, it's far too clever for my thick uh, thick brain to contain <laughs> with it's quite a cool brand, actually. Um, I do say to myself, I didn't design it, so I can really. But um, it was a local lad um, from Kurt Burton. Um, he loves his rugby league. Um, I put on Facebook when we set the club up, did anyone, a, you know, a graphic designer, can no one do his logo? And he came back with that, and we all just went, wow, that's actually really impressive. He's- Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. He's actually a tattoo artist, um, and that kind of gives you an idea of the influences that he's had there. But the funny thing is, we're actually, there's eight of us that are booked in to get a tat- the, the, the logo tattooed on us. Um, well, the, it was meant to happen last week, so um, it got called off last minute. So maybe in, in the next week or two, there'll be, a, there'll be about eight of us branded with it. So, yeah, but it's, it's a fantastic logo. Um, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, keep an eye on your social media then for all these tattoos coming out. Yeah, <laughs> well, we won't be able to put all of them on there, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on before anybody gets in trouble. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned before, Ryan, about um, you know moving to a new, a new facility. Where, where had you been playing beforehand, and what was what was that like? Where, was you quite nomadic then in your first sort of two or three years? Yeah, so the first year we played out of um, the high school that that we all went to. Um, we played out of there for the year and we went and drank at a local Liberal club down in Kirkburton. So it was a bit of messing around, but it worked. It was a good year. We had a lot of fun. Um, second year, we moved us to um, a place called Lexington Islanders uh, and we played there for three years, I think. Obviously, COVID being in the middle of it all. And that was really, really good for us. Um, we had a, a decent pitch um, bar on site, changing rooms. Um, yeah, and it, and it went really, really, really well there. Um, unfortunately, I think we just ran out of time there um, and we moved on um, to the facilities that we've just moved to now, which is, it's basically Huddersfield Town Football Club's um, old training facilities. So the pitches are just incredible. So we're, we're very, very lucky. We've fallen on our feet. Um, the pitches are incredible. Probably the best, some of the best pitches I've seen in much of the league. Um, I mean, they won the award for the best amateur pitches in all of the FA and all of the football association and took the award in front of uh, 90,000 at Wembley. So that kind of gives you an idea of how good the pitches are. And we're lucky, lucky enough to have a, our exclusive pitch um, just for us. So, yeah, really excited about that. The facilities are really our top draw. It's in the middle of the university campus in Huddersfield as well. So a bit like uh, Angus 
a lot of our players, I played rugby at Huddersfield Uni, and a lot of our players have come from the university team, so we've got a really good link with them. So they kind of we just get players feeding in each year to our team, um, either still playing at the uni and want to play on a Saturday, or if they finish uni and they come play for us after as an open age. So you know I can see a good future of Angus because we've had a lot of success off the back of that. So so yeah. I mean, this is this is great to hear, you know, because I mean, we we have needed players to come from different sort of backgrounds as well, haven't we? So that universe, I mean, it's something that I, I'm I've been quite conscious of, and me and Steve have had conversations about, um, you know, university rugby and how we've not really talked about it that much on this show because we've been trying to look at a lot of other different angles I mean you know the, the the beauty of having a show that has community rugby league on it is that we can go anywhere and we, we've been very fortunate that a lot of people have wanted to talk to us as well you know from different aspects of the game so I, I feel that it's a it's an area that we haven't quite covered in the depth that it's, it's possibly deserved so this is why it's, it's brilliant having you both on tonight because you can give us perhaps a little bit more insight into that university game and how strong it is uh, and from the sounds of it if there's two clubs that are coming up the respective divisions um, you know in, in, in the North West and in Yorkshire it, it suggests that you've got strong players that are coming through and are playing in that competition in the first place in the universities yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, university rugby league. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it, it carries all the benefits of university sport anyway. But I think, if in terms of the game of actual rugby league, it is really useful. I mean, this is again speaking to sort of past experience of, of I was, you know, I, I involved running with the uni club at, at various points, and it's it's very it's very very widespread, <clears throat> probably more so than <clears throat> than quite a lot of the club game really, just because. Like you said, you're pulling a lot of a lot of people from different places. It's it tends to be, I mean, as not as a general, but it tends to be wherever Northerners end up, there ends up being a rugby league club in various places. Um, but it, it can be it can be incredibly widespread, and it it can just be it, you know it's clubs spring up where you really don't expect them. I mean, I know that the the University of Liverpool team were down in Exeter last week, which you know is a long 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 way from. From any what you would probably call Heartland Rugby League clubs, I mean, obviously there's Cornwall uh, starting off in League One this year, but it, it it's a great way to get people in just as because uh, again it, it it benefits from that a lot of university rugby union teams uh, oversubscribed essentially mm-hmm. they'll have four or five teams, um, and so they're not not everyone gets in, not everyone gets on with gets on with everyone in that club, you know the having a very big goofy thing so you can pick up players from that and you can pick up some very very good players from that as well and then the thing is keeping them in the game which again is part of the kind of idea sort of behind one of our aims as, as a club as well but um, it, yeah I, I can't speak well no there's things I could criticise about rugby, but in terms of the actual playing of it there's, I, I can't speak highly enough of it it's you know, it's, it's uh, one of the better the better um, periods of my life really playing playing university rugby league. So, uh, and Ryan, coming to yourself, I mean, what, what's what's your re- recollections of university rugby league and and you know some of the players that you're seeing coming through the ranks as well now? Yeah, um, well, I played uh, rugby union quite a bit. Uh, talk about the dark side a little bit, but uh, I played rugby union at university and I played rugby league. Because one of my mates was the captain of the rugby league team, so I just went and helped him out. Um, I didn't start playing rugby at university until my third year. 
Um, and it was my biggest mistake. Um, can you still hear me, by the way? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Um, just saying my connection. Um, so, yeah, I didn't start playing rugby until my third year. Um, and it's, like, my biggest mistake. Like, you know, I missed a couple of exams and stuff like that, and um, I had to resit them, but I don't regret any of, any of that. I regret not playing rugby until my third year. Um, and, yeah, if I could turn back time, I would have played, you know, all the way through. Um, and it would have been rugby league as well because I enjoyed the rugby league side of it more than the rugby union side. But the time that I did play, fantastic, the social aspect of it. Um, like Angus said, it's it's a bit of a melting pot because you just get loads, loads of people from all over thrown together and you just have a good crack at it. And a lot of the time you're hungover over from the night before and it's, it's just a good laugh. Like, all I can say is if anyone's at university and they're not playing rugby league at university, just get yourselves involved. Um, it really is um, a special time. I, I love it as well because we've got a perfect link here, Steve. It doesn't always happen like this on this show, does it? But in the past few days, the England University side has been announced uh, that's going to take their place in the in the President's Cup. Um, so there's uh, a squad of 26 players, I think that's been announced here. So I'm going to mention the player and the university that they're at. So well done to Adam Lavin of Lancaster. Alex Exley of Liverpool, Saint John, uh, Liverpool John Moores, Ben Bradshaw of Hull, Ben Gray of Sheffield Hallam, Ben Thewlis of Loughborough, Brad Calland of Edge Hill, Cameron Brown of Liverpool John Moores, Charlie McCurry of Leicester, Christian Gale of London South Bank, Delane Bedward Gittins from Coventry, Elliot Jones from Hull, Harry Trulson from Hull FC Sports College, Jack Cherry from Nottingham, Jack Quinn from Northumbria, Jake Lightowler from Northumbria, Joe Riley from Leeds, Kellen Wood from Liverpool, John Moores, Leon Stewart from Hull, Matty Rudd of Manchester Met, Max Flanagan from Newcastle, Michael Holden of Gloucestershire, Nathan Newbound of Northumbria, Nathan Taylor, Liverpool, John Moores, Sean Croston from Northumbria, Ted Davidson, Loughborough, and Tyler Heppel of Northumbria. Uh, I mean, there's, there's some of those guys that are playing semi-professional rugby league at the moment as well. So that's the, that's the beauty of the student game in the fact that it can reach out and that there's, there's guys that are doing, you know, university studies that are playing professionally at the moment. So that, that looks like a strong squad, Steve. Yeah, very much so. And like we said, I mean, linking this in with, with the, from your on tour series, Parker, you know, and we, we say it time and time again about really, I mean, people go on about it being an M62 game. It, it, it Really, it's not. It's just that it's not heard about outside of the M62. And we were talking uh, the likes of Reading, Exeter, all those sorts of places, uh, which, you know, so the, I, I'm sure there's a lot of these guys go to uh, universities which are far field from where they actually live. But when they get back home, if there is some a club in and around their area, that they can go to and they've you know they can carry on that that rugby league that they've played at university, that is fantastic. And what the guys were saying about, you know the 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 clubs that are spread far and wide and certainly down in and around the south, how they've always been start, started by a northerner. I mean, it is surprisingly very true when we've been speaking to these people, haven't in it, Parker? 
It definitely is, yeah. I recall the conversation with Reading and the guy was from Lee and actually knew my granddad. So it's like, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, I talk about a small world. You don't you don't expect that when you speak to somebody from Reading. Um Angus, I know I read through some of those names rather badly and I, I sort of stumbled over a couple of the university names uh, because of my lack of education. But um if I if I can ask you, do, do you know any of those lads that are representing the uh, the Liverpool unis? Um I uh, Alex Eckley is a very familiar name. I think he might be one of the players you alluded to that's playing, that's played some semi-professional or been on uh, uh, some. Um, yeah, I some think he was on before previously. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, at the moment, some of them are a bit unfamiliar for me. As I said, it's a couple of years um, since we've actually played John Moore, uh, since the university club's played John Mars, but. Uh, a couple of the names are uh, slightly familiar. I think, is it still, uh, I, I can never remember this, is it still, um, oh God, his name's gone from it. Uh, Richard Tate that's leading the university. I, they I think it is, yeah. Much. yeah. I've actually played under uh, under Tate, as he's, as he's known. I've played, uh, the, I don't know if you're familiar with the GB Pioneers that used to run or run sort of thing. I've played under him when he was coaching that. So, I, yeah, the the actual players' names, some of them are a bit unfamiliar, but uh, other than Alex, uh, obviously, but uh, I, am, I have met and played under Teddy at, at, at a point a few years ago. So, I mean, the, the, I mean, it'll be a strong side anyway, but he's, he's a very good coach, is uh, Richard Tate, so... They're always heavily fancied at the England University mm. side when they're playing in this President's Cup. Um, have you ever caught any of the action of this competition, Ryan? Yeah, so um, a few of my friends have uh, represented England squad so, uh, from the Huddersfield team um, and the lads that have played at Huddersfield that I've met through lads. So, um, you know, like a few of them have gone over to play um, in Australia um, for semi pro clubs over there. Um, but yeah, so one of my best mates, James Thank you, he played for, for England. Um and we've got a player, our captain this year, yeah, he's called Jerry Moscarad. And I'm pretty certain that he played for England. I know he went to Yorkshire and I'm pretty certain he went to England and played for England as well. Um and there's Billy Griffiths as well. Um he's he's one of the lads that went over to Australia and played over there. So yeah, I'm I'm really familiar with it. I've I've watched a few of the games a lot on like live streams on YouTube when, when my mates have played. Um, yeah, and it's a good standard. I've seen them play against, you know, the Great Britain Police and stuff like that. And you know, it, it is a really good standard rugby league. It's very confusing on those nights. I've just got to say because I've commentated on one or two of them, and everybody's in the in the GB kits, and a lot of them look very similar, obviously because of the colours that we have as a country. <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, it's, it, I've had one or two occasions where I've read out the wrong team sheet or read the wrong name off the wrong team, you know, <laughs> and I've confused myself at times. But, uh, yeah, I'm sort of letting you into the trade secrets here now, <laughs> to, to be honest. Right? But, you know, I'll still tell you, I'm not proud. You know, it's just one of them, isn't it? You know, you, you, you learn as you go along, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's got this thing with felt-tip pens, though. Uh, if he ever shows you one of his sheets when he's doing commentary and he holds it up, it looks like a three-year-old's collared it all in. I'll tell you, it's un- unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Oh, let's get this right, Steve. Some three-year-olds can colour him much better than I can, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I go mad with a highlighter, put oh, it that yeah. way. <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> um, so... Tell, tell us, Ryan, you know, so now you've got, I, I think you've reached a really important stage as a club getting to five years old. I think that now you can start looking forward to like your 10th anniversary, your 20th anniversary, potentially. I know there's a lot of work between sort of now and then, but 
if you can get past that first five years, because a lot of clubs, they, they, they sort of start in a blaze of glory, don't they? And they, they yeah. sort of march up the leagues, or as we've seen, you know, particularly at North Wales friendly level, I can talk about the, um, the Central Lions, for example, who started off in Division 6 and then don't go up to Division 3 in three years, and then they folded, you know. So we've all seen it happen where, you know, but, but you were talking about the way that, um, you know, players have, have, have kept coming back they're so involved with the social aspect of the club. So you're doing something right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an exciting place to be, Kev, because um, funnily enough, I mean, there's a lot of history in rugby league in the Huddersfield area. And I'll probably get a bit of a stick for what I'm about to say, but since, since we've been going, every single team in Huddersfield, Open Age, has folded. So we are now the longest surviving rugby league team without a break. Um, so... I mean, that's something to be proud of on its own. COVID doesn't help and stuff like that. But yeah, we've got through it all and we're probably, you know, we're stronger than ever. Um, we've had some really good quality players playing for us. We actually, uh, from our team last year, we had a lad get signed at Hunslet, Dom Horn, and a lad get signed for Oldham, uh, Liam Copland. So, you know, we've got some good talent playing for us and, and coming out of us. And we've got a lot of young lads that, you know, haven't been picked up, but probably could get picked up. Um so if we can keep it going and keep that that buzz around the club, I don't see why we can't hit that 10-year anniversary and that 20-year anniversary. It's certainly something that we're going to try and push for because we're, as a club, we're very, very proud. Um, we're all proud of what we've achieved and, and where we're going. And everyone that's involved is really bought in. So, um, you know, running a club, uh, Angus is in his early days at the moment with it. He'll, he'll probably know from university stuff, it, it's, it is tough and it... You know, you get players question your decisions. You get um, you get a lot of stick for the way you've done things or the way you've handled something. And it's not all plain sailing. But if you've got a big buy-in from the players, um, you know that's that's the main thing. And we've got a big group of lads, that core of the squad, that have stuck with the Cougars. And a lot of them have been offered, you know, better things. And a couple of people have gone, but they've come back. We've not had anyone leave. For another ugly club and not return and, and that says a lot about you know the buzz around the club and what we, what we offer it says a lot about you know rugby league around there as well and because the big the big buzzword particularly with uh, the england community lions and we're going to come on to a story about them later um is about retention and retaining players within the sport and it sounds like you've got that off to a fine art where nobody's wanted to go anywhere yeah no 100 percent. and if we can stick at that and 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 keep um, keep doing well with that, then you know we can go a long way. Um, you know, it's we've we've had challenges thrown at us as well. I mean, we t- we earlier we touched on um, you know where we've gone in in terms of leagues and um, and I mentioned obviously news and Panthers. Um, now, this is something that we've de- we've dealt with year on year, where teams like for example in our first year St Joe's they folded as a club, they came back. They had a bit of a swan song year uh, where all the players came back and then they've ended up folding again and they've gone and joined uh, Linley um, and created a team together there. Um, News and Panthers, again, they've folded. But the rug- Rugby League and the, the RFL, George Bensley, whoever deals with that side of it, needs to stop letting teams drop out from like Premier Divisions down to Division 5, having two or three years um, just winning, beating everyone. Because it is demotivating, especially for new clubs. Because, for example, we would have won the uh, sorry, would have won this, the league last year, 
Um, and we worked hard for that. But when you've got players against you on the other side that are playing in the Super League, like, for example, Jason Crooks and Richie Orkyard, uh, you know, these, these kind of players that are playing against you, you know, they've been paid to play rugby for years. I think they're still getting paid now, whether at News and Panthers. I'm not, don't quote me on that. But we've, we just turn up, and I'll be honest with you, we are a social rugby team. We turn up for the beer more than the rugby. You know, like, that is what we're there for. We're there for a good time. Um, and when you're getting put in, in divisions where teams are taking it that seriously, and you've worked hard to get to that second place, and you look at it, you think, come on, stop letting teams fold and reset and work the way from for anyone. Mm. We've done about it, to be honest. And, and the interesting thing from, from this conversation, Steve, is that we've, we've had teams on from London in the past, haven't we? And they've spoken about the transient nature of the London leagues at times where teams have come in, then they've folded, then they've come back under another guys or they've moved to another place and they're starting playing the rugby from another part of London, et cetera, et cetera. And it sounds, we, we don't, we don't associate the same kind of behavior of teams dropping out and coming back in with, it, with all due respect with clubs in, in, in Lancashire and Yorkshire, do we? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Uh, it, it's very, very difficult uh, I mean, and what Ryan's done there, uh, I mean, it's it's getting the, the foundations in there. If you can get that at, a, at an early start and you, you can get your players, you know, to, to buy into things, then, then you know, hopefully that that's going to be sort of uh, help things as they move forward. Uh, I was saying to you, Parky, just before we came on air, uh, I, I've been talking to uh, the guys at ADOC uh, and, and I've been looking to the Northwest Men's League uh, fixes. Uh, and that's where I came across the uh, Liverpool Lizards. Uh, as much as I saw uh, Angus's team, one team I saw missing was Haydock. And I thought, that, that's got to be an error, hasn't it? And he was, you know, it can happen sometimes that uh, things happen like that. So I dropped him a line uh, and he's come back to me and, and he told me uh, they've actually uh, not got or they've not entered the open age men's team this year in the North West Men's League. And that's the first time in... 43 years that they've not represented and they said it's just because they couldn't get the guys to play uh, you know there wasn't enough bodies uh, which is a crying shame which just goes to, goes to show and it, it is a fragile thing and and you know it's not to be sort of like uh, uh, just assume because you're going really well that it's always going to go really well you've got to keep your eye on it and, and you know make, make sure that you've got people that are able to come and fill in those places and this is um, links into other things we've been saying, Parky, with regards to you know uh, guys who go from community into a academy, scholarships and academies, and then they're not coming back into the game. You know, if they're not coming back into the game, it's a bit of a you know you get that void, that black hole. Then where it, you, these types of things could happen so easy that suddenly your team that's been together for so long suddenly you get a couple of guys who you know they're getting you know like. Like like some of us getting on and, and and you know can't do it anymore. I mean, if you've not got people to fill in there, then it can suddenly be. Hang on, we, we've not got enough bodies here. So it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I'm sure we'll hear later on about this retention thing of players. Uh, it's it's not just you know sort of in the game in the, in this sort of a professional game. It's sort of in, in, you know obviously in the community game as well. If we don't get get them there then how are we supposed to feed them back into the professional game and if they're not coming back from the professional game how are we supposed to you know keep that vicious circle going which we need to do 
But I do take Ryan's point as well in mm. that you can't have a club that just dominates everything for you, no, you know, not at like all. two or three years and then disappears and, and stuff because that that that's not really prolonging but that that's prolonging players' involvement in a way, isn't it? Mm. But it's not doing much for the competition. It, it, I guess that's the point that you was making, Ryan. I think his uh, internet might have stuck on him. He's, uh, we're he's just looking, your, your obviously, we're internet top. again, hasn't he? Yeah, he's back. Yeah. Obviously, he's back. Yeah. Um, so I was just saying, Ryan. We, we, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, I mean, this year in our division, we've got underbank Rangers. Yeah, you carry on, mate. Yeah, you got underbank Rangers. Yeah. yeah so. You- you were saying, Ryan, you've got underbank Rangers in your in your division. Obviously, they've dropped out of the NCL, haven't they? So, um, yeah. I think that they've still got quite a strong player base. Yeah, I mean, you hear local rumours, don't you? You know, uh, people that say the mates with the coaches and and that, and you know, everyone saying that you know the coach um, can't remember his name. He's gone to another club and taken half the players with him. Um, and then a few of the other players have gone back to the other clubs that they've come from. So they're kind of left without a team. Um, someone actually messaged me tonight saying that, saying, you know, I'm not sure if Underbank going to have a team next Saturday. But at the end of the day, they're a, they're a club with a, a lot of history, a lot of players that they should be able to turn on. Whether they should be allowed to just fall from the NCL and go straight down to Yorkshire Men's League 4, I don't know. This, this is where it needs to be properly investigated, mm. proper, properly evaluated. Um, if they go and, I don't know, it's some from the RFL that can go to the club and actually, you know, look at the, the standard of players that they've got. I don't, I don't know. Is that cost effective? I don't know. I don't know the answers, but I just know that sometimes it's not right. Um, we've got Stanley Rangers in our league this year, and I know that quite a few of the players that are playing down there um, are lads that played in, in the NTL. Um and quite a few good players that I know personally that are coming back to Stanley Rangers for a bit of a swan song year this year. So that could be tricky as well. Um, so you're going into the season with potentially two NCL teams against you. Don't get me wrong, it might not look like that when, when we actually get there. And it might all end up being fair and, you know, um, might be even games each week. But it just seems like each year we end up with some kind of curveball thrown in there and we end up with a team who shouldn't be in that league. But what can the RFL do about it? I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Angus, if we could come back to yourself, obviously you've been you've been listening intently to kind of what Ryan, what our opinion of transient teams. Mm-hmm. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're on this year number one. 
you know, so you've got all this in front of you. Uh, I'm hoping it's a long future. I'm hoping that, you know, the, the next time that we mention that you're not running a team, he's 43 years down the track, to be honest, Angus. You know, I will. And, you know, you have... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I, I mean, for, is there anything that surprised you with what you've heard tonight, perhaps off Ryan, what's happening in, in, in Yorkshire or... Not, not particularly. I mean, um, as I said, I, I actually, I am originally, I'm originally from Bradford, uh, so I, I've a lot of the names that he's mentioned there are very familiar. Um, I, I think one of one of my last games I might have played in the Yorkshire Men's League was up at Underbank. Um, if you're talking about world class facilities, I don't think I'd be mentioning them, but <laughs> uh, but um, it, it doesn't surprise me. I think there is a the community game. There is really there is that sort of transient nature to it. I mean, clubs coming in and out. Um, I originally used to play. I played all my junior rugby down at Whipsy Warriors. Um, it, it, you know, a very good club, mm. but they they've suffered from that as well. You know, you, it it can be you can get classes of teams that come through, go through, and then they all age out at the mm. same time, and that can really affect a club. Um, but I think uh, I think Ryan's right in sort of saying that there has to be good ways of assessing that and assessing where a team's coming from because it it isn't. It isn't great for it isn't great for clubs uh, such as uh, such as the Coos, you know, if they're getting stuck in divisions because this team's dropping down and doing, and because of that, I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't comment on that on Northwest Men's League. I've played, you know, I've played a few years in it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have the sort of experience to comment on that in terms of our league. I mean, as I said, I'm hoping we're doing well, but I think it it can be really disheartening when you get that. I mean, at, at the other end of the spectrum, I mean. I know it's it's how the NCL works because you do have to start at the bottom. But I I played um, in the NCL the first year that Hunslet uh, Club Park side went in, and obviously started in Division Three as you have to. You know it's the, the leagues and and playing against them was that was that was a real eye opener. <laughs> I think I was I think I was eighteen at the time, and they were they were, I mean they were always destined to be where they are now. They're still playing in the Premiership, mm-hmm. I think, um, and regularly winning it. And you know then down that was the couple of games down at their place that year was real. Thing and I think you, it, it does something that maybe needs to look at, but I think it's one of the things that it could be treated better at times. But there's there's not always going to be a, a, a sort of cure or a fix for it because there's there's just such a there is such a transient nature of you, you know clubs can change week to, you know teams can change week to week, let alone year to year and stuff. And um, but it can be disheartening if you get if you get stuck in a league like that and. Uh, and and you just seem to like you know like Ryan said having teams drop down and then you end up you end up being second to them in a year when they're they're shooting back up again or something mm. like that. But um, I think as I say, I, I don't know if there's any perfect fix to it, but you would hope that I would assume that the, the RFL are, are trying to make that as as fair as possible at times like Yorkshire Men's League and North West Men's League. But you, you know, like you said, it, it's something that. You would you would like to think is fixable, or is at least you can anticipate that if teams are doing that, or if or if it's just happening naturally and things like that. But uh, if we can come back to to, to to Ryan, you know, and just ask a, a little bit more about what 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 have you got planned for the club? You know, we speak to a whole heap of clubs who are all at different points of the development their existence. Some have have started with junior sides, others have started the way that you did with a an open age side longer term are you hoping that you can get so you know kids teams that are involved down there yeah we'd love to do that um 
it's going to take um, probably one of us to have a kid and push us down that route. But um, yeah, it's it is something we want to push towards. We want to build, and we want to we do want the juniors. Um, we'd love to get a women's team going. Mm. Um, you know, at the moment we're pushing to get our second team playing regularly, um, and we've we've always got a good number of fringe players, second team players. But we've not quite had that number to have that consistent second team playing on every week and a Saturday as well as the first team. Um, and that's quite frustrating because if you just had another three or four or five committed players, you could you could achieve that. Um, but yeah, it, it would be really good to get a junior set up and, and build the club, you know, build in that way. Um, so yeah, that, that is a long-term plan. Um, it's just a lot easier said than done, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk shorter term then, you know, because obviously, if you're saying you need three, four, five players more, um, you know, let's get the word out. You know, who did they contact? If somebody's listening to this, maybe on catch up on one of the many podcast areas that you you can do with the show. I'm looking at Steve to sort of, <laughs> sort of I'm expecting him to jump in here. You like, mean like Spotify, Amazon, uh, Spotify? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the listy. Um, you know, but. Um, th- this might be a good opportunity. Who would you need to contact down at the club? And when's your training nights? That type of stuff. Hey, sorry, I cut it cut off there for me. Um, it's my internet. I think I've just moved out. So, uh, what were you saying? Sorry, we we was just saying that uh, you know, I, I, if you if you're only sort of three or four five players short of getting a regular A team on the on the park this might be the perfect opportunity to appeal to it so if there were people interested who do they need to contact what's your training nights that type of thing um you know get your name out there i think he's having a few problems there right yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will raise it with him in, in a little while again um again angus i feel like i'm coming out to you and saying you're at the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> so how many players have you got registered you know for the for the season I, could you comfortably name maybe two sides at this minute in time uh, i don't think we'd be comfortable naming two sides i mean we're, we're pretty we're comfortably going to be comfortable naming one uh, i think as far as numbers are on at the minute we're somewhere between 25 and 30 um, signing on, walking to hopefully at the minute, you know, we're feeling that that's a strong position going into the first few months of games. We are looking, you know, as every club is looking for new players all the time. Uh, if anyone does want to get in contact with us, it's also a thing of um, one of our main bases is out of uh, Mosley Hill Athletic Club um, in Liverpool. That's going to be our, our sort of post game uh, host. And there's a rugby union club that play out of there who, you know, we've had a, a number of players from them stress that they're interested once their season wraps up. So we're hoping to pick up more players from there, um, you know, trying to get in contact with the other un- university sides um, in Liverpool. So, but at the, at the minute, we're sitting somewhere between 25 and 30, which is, is comfortable for the first few months uh, of games, hopefully, and, and looking to, to go from there really and build. Um, I think like, it's, it's an ambition of... You know, it'd be wrong to say it wasn't the ambition that hopefully in a few years to be a couple of teams, maybe or eventually in, in a good number of years, maybe a junior setup mm. as well. But as for now, we're looking at concentrating our first year. As I said, we're, we're we've been pleased with the numbers of lads that have committed. Um, people like Steve Fenny, our, chair, our chairman, have done a lot of a lot of work on that and stuff. But we, you know, we are. If there is anyone listening that's interested, that's in Liverpool or South Liverpool or even out, you know, as I said, you know. We, being in the best where we are, 
we're in touch and distance of like Widness and Warrington and and certain bits of St. Helens as well. If there's anyone that is looking for a new club or something, get in touch with us. Probably best through uh, either our Twitter, our Facebook, or an Instagram um, that uh, you've been linking to all week on the show. Uh, there's numbers on there to call for myself and for our chairman as well. So, um, I I like it that you're all mod cons, you know, because I mean, it took us a while just to figure out Instagram, didn't it, Steve? Oh, it you, did, yeah. You've, yeah. you've mastered it, and I've not, to be honest. So, you know, it's fair play to you. And I, what, what I like as well, again, with your links with the universities and the university sides, is that you, you'll have players every year, won't you? You'll be, you know, perhaps wanting to stop on, or they'll be getting work in Liverpool, you know, after they've finished the studies. So it's, it's like a, um, it, it's an older age conveyor belt, if you know what I mean, because you've got like players that are coming through and they'll be playing rugby league throughout the time at uni. Yeah, I think it's a it's a real it's a real strength for us, hopefully, in terms of that. And like you said, new players uh, turn up every year and hopefully sticking around like a lot of us have. Mm. I mean, like I said I'm not originally from Liverpool. Uh, you know, again, it'd be quite nice to to pull in some you know, some local Liverpool residents as well. That if any of them wanted to play, but. Yeah, it, it's helpful because because at the moment we don't have that juniors to feed. You know, a lot of a lot of open age clubs, it, it's the natural mm. sort of continuation from the juniors setup, or the, it's the you know, it's the the start of their entire club is from the you know they have a successful under 18s or something that that becomes it becomes an open age team. So in the absence of that, it's very useful where to uh, to pull in players um, and sort of and pull in players that you know might otherwise have been lost to the game. Yeah. Now, we we have to ask, because we ask everybody who comes on the show, and I'm sure if, if Ryan's internet lets him back on, um, <laughs> we'll ask the same question. Um, but Liverpool Lizards, membership fees, what's your whole thoughts on, on membership fees, first of all, being brought into Rugby League? And then secondly, you know, how's it been going? Has it been a hard sell amongst the players? Um, I would... Again, as someone who's been playing for quite a long time, I was quite surprised at seeing at seeing it being at twenty five pounds this year uh, for the, the actual RFL membership. I understand, obviously, like there's there's the effect of COVID. There's a lot of costs, uh, a lot of things that RFL have had to do in recent years. But I I would I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little disappointed to see that at the start of the year that it was it's not been too hard to sell with a lot of our players. I think you know again they understand sort of the cost of that. It's then that I think once you start adding things on top of that sort of cost of membership for the club or weekly subs, you know it, it starts being a slightly harder sell. Um, but yeah, I, I can't I can't remember if that had gone up because it it started a couple of years ago with the, a ten pound fee a couple of years ago to sign on. Um, or not, and then, but yeah, I wasn't. We weren't amazed by the twenty, the twenty-five pound fee. Um, to sign on, as I but in the sort of context of coming out of COVID and stuff, it is understandable. But it's one of the things you sort of deal with and try and budget for and, and see. And we're trying to work out if we're able to cover elements of that or cover other elements of our membership to. It's a, to reduce that that impact at the front end of the season. Yeah. Um, right, you know, I'm delighted that you've rejoined us again. I know that you've been having a couple of issues with your internet. I think me and you have swapped internet connections. <laughs> with, with some of the uh, some of the ways that um, you know I'm on and off like a fiddler's elbow uh-huh. at certain times. But um, yeah, if I can come back to you, Ryan, because we, we were saying that um, 
you was talking about you know not quite having enough players to to get the two regular sides on just at this moment. So my, my question was, or, or my, my, my sort of thought was, um, you could use this as your selling point, you know. So who if if you if there's two or three lads that are you know wanting to play the rugby league and they've listened and they like what Kurt Burton's all about, um, who do they contact? How do they get in touch with you? And uh, you know, one year training nights. Yeah, um, best thing to do is get in contact to start with. Just look us up on Facebook, Instagram, message the pages. Um, there's about three or four of us that are connected to each page, so we'll get straight back to you. Um, training nights um, up at the Stafflex Arena, which is in the University of Student, sorry, Huddersfield University uh, campus. Uh, we train up there on Tuesdays um, at 7pm and Fridays at 7pm. Currently, uh, when it goes light, it'll be Tuesdays at 7pm and uh Thursdays at 7pm on the field, but we're on Nashua Turf up there at the moment. Excellent, excellent. And, um, you know, as as well, if I can ask, um, there's things like the Merit Leagues, isn't there? I know certainly I've seen some Merit League fixtures. Is that something that maybe if you get these couple of extra players, you could then enter a team in the Merit League and build towards more regular fixtures anyway? Yeah, definitely. We entered a team in the Merit League last year um, and we played one fixture and uh, we got charged... I don't know, I think it was like 100 quid or something from the, the RFL to be in the league. Um, so it cost us 100 quid to, to play that fixture. Um, to be fair, with a little bit of complaining, um, I think they did wipe the charge because um, I think they understood, obviously, we didn't get a real benefit out of it. They've entered us again in the Merit League this year. We didn't ask to be in the Merit League. Um, so as long as they're not charging us, I'm fine with that. And we will try and fulfil some uh, fixtures. Um, is we're we'll trying to fill as much as we can, um, and yeah, to be fair, um, if if we can get a few more lads down, I don't see why we can't have a, a second team playing week in week out, and that'd be fantastic for the club. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. You know, it sounds like you've got a, a lot going on. Uh, again, we don't we don't dodge the big questions here. You've talked about fees being paid for league entry. What's your whole thoughts about the membership fee that is being charged from this year? He's not ducking the question. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and ask that one again in a minute, Steve, I think. I think so, yeah. I've just got to get ask Angus, which university did you, did you go to? Was it Liverpool John Moores? Uh, no, so it was uh, University of Liverpool for us. That's where the main core of the, yeah. uh, the Cubs come out of. It's actually out of I think we're still having problems getting, getting <laughs> yeah. Ryan's connection there. Um, we'll we'll come back to you in a minute, Ryan, if that's okay. So sorry, Angus, you were saying there. Yeah, we we as I say, I, I I went and uh, the main core of the group at the minute is best out of the out of the University of Liverpool. Um, as I said, absolutely nothing against you know we we we'd actually encourage anyone from John Moss to get in contact with us. Yeah, I've thought it's play. We are reaching out to them. Uh, uh, imminently, I think essentially, but yeah, we the because the main core of players came out of that university or poor side, um, and it is uh, currently where we're playing our matches out of this year as well, out of their ground, uh, down at Winkert Sports Ground, uh, just outside Mossley Hill. Um, so yeah, that that's that sort of where the sort of the origins of the club, I suppose, really lie in that. Um, Again, you know, the team that's had its had its successes and then its its ups and downs. Yeah, university leagues and sort of riding high at the minute as well. But yeah, you said you was at Tatawee for a spell as well. 
Yeah, well, that how was did... me. That was just last year. Mm. I, uh, how did you find that? I, I, again, I, I couldn't. They, it's a really good club up there. It's, it's, it's very, very well run. Was my experience of it. Um, I knew a couple of people that played up there uh, that were playing up there at the time, and um, and yeah, sort of uh, just turned up to training session. They were, they were really, they very welcoming club, very well run club, um, and so I, I only got to play I think three or four games for them just just because of commitments and stuff during mm-hmm. summer, and I suppose bits of COVID as well, yeah. um, sort of A's and B's team for them. But um, no, they do just a very run club. I mean, I'd heard of them obviously, you know the through the NCL and appearances in in Challenge Cup and stuff. So, um, no, I, 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 you know, I, again, I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really speak highly enough of them. They were really, uh, it's a really good club there. It's really good setup. Obviously, impressive clubhouse and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that was that was uh, last year that I, I played out there. So uh, it was it was very good. Cool, cool. Uh, I think we've got Ryan back. Uh, Ryan, can you hear us now, mate? No, perhaps we don't have him back. Um, we, we will try and get get the, his answer as well regarding uh, the thoughts on the membership thing. Uh, but, uh, um, Ryan, can you hear us? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, Excellent. Yes, we certainly can. Uh, so whilst, whilst the internet's running and my internet's working as well for the meantime... Um, we asked the question of Angus before about his thoughts about this membership scheme um, and, you know, that's been brought in this year. What, what's the general thoughts amongst your club? Um, I've not really asked the club for the thoughts as, as much. Um, a few people have, have um, sent a few slurs regarding it, let's say. Um, but my personal point on it is why the barriers to entry for a game that's struggling for players anyway. Um, I mean, Angus will probably find this out. He might, he might have a massive buy-in in the first year and not have to deal with this. But when you start picking up injuries and you start um, losing a few players for, to retirement um, or just stopping playing rugby um, or playing a lot of rugby union at the beginning of the season and the end of the season, Sometimes you have to call on your deeper squad further afield. I mean, in our WhatsApp group, we've got like 76 people in there. So sometimes we have to call on some of them 76 people to put the boots on. Um, and it might mean, for example, we've got a lad, I'll just use him for example, you might know of him, Steve Morton. Uh, he's 52 years old. Uh, he used to play at Hunslet. He's Hunslet, um, strength and conditioning coach now. Great player, great bloke, 52, fitter than all of us. Um, but he can't commit because he's obviously he trains yeah. Hunslet on the nights that we train. Uh, he doesn't want to take the players' uh, positions week in, week out. So we call him when we're short in that position. Um, and if there's a £25 fee to pay and he's thinking, oh, I'll just play that one-off game, then he's, he's likely to, to reconsider. He's, he's 25 quid to play one game of rugby, so he's not going to do it. Now, the thing is what the RFL haven't thought about here is we had 65 members, play, uh, players signed on, sorry, not members. So we had 65 players signed on last year. And probably 20 or 30 of them were players that came and played one or two games, three games, four games, but didn't play the whole season. It helps us out when we're a bit short and it brings more people to the game. But five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them players 
they came for that one-off game, signed on, loved it, and played the rest of the season. So all it's doing is preventing players from like that kind of uh, situation happening. Mm. Now, if you are struggling with injuries and you do need someone to put the boots on for a week, and you know that they might play until the end of the year, you know that twenty-five quid is gonna. It's a it's a barrier to entry in a market that doesn't need barriers to entry. It's it's a silly silly thing from the AFL and it's money grabbing. Um, there's no need for it whatsoever. And I heard Angus when he was cutting on and off uh, talk about obviously there's a lot of stuff happened with COVID. Um, and the World Cup not going ahead, and they've got you know they've got to recoup this money, but I don't really appreciate them doing it on amateur clubs. Like that's it's not right. Should be encouraging more people to the game. You encourage more people to the game. More people watch Super League. More people will get involved, and then you'll have more money. And that's how you generate your money. You sell your way out of it. You don't you don't charge your players more. It, it don't cost cut. It, you sell your way out of it. But they don't. They, the RFL don't seem to have that mentality and they don't seem to know what they're doing when it comes to the, the commercial side of it at times. Um, so it's just another commercial error for me. Um, that's my take on it. Obviously, people might disagree. The benefits that you, what you get for it, like, you know, I went through all that. And, I, I mean, we encourage all our players to have personal player insurance anyway and we've got a, a, a link um, with a lady that sells the insurance to the club. Um, and, you know, it's a really good insurance, covers all angles. Players going into a game thinking that insurance is going to pay them out if they break the leg or whatever. It's probably not. It's more for, like, really, really bad injuries. If you get paralysed or, you know, if, if you if you die, your family get money, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's really that great of a deal for the players. On top of that, they've obviously got to pay the memberships to the clubs as well. So it's a lot of money and a lot of young lads can't afford it. Um. If it's one of those things that, as a sport, we've got to live with moving forward, and it seems like, regardless of what anybody's saying, it's going ahead, isn't it? This year, people are having to pay it. Uh, what would you, what would you like to get for you? What What would be a good deal for you? What would What would you like to get for your money? Well, for the twenty five pound, mm. uh, I've not really thought what I'd want for the twenty five pound. I'd ideally like to get rid of the charge of the twenty five pound. Um, but if for a club, I mean, we shouldn't be paying league fees on top of that. I mean, if you've got, if we managed to get 65 players signed on at £25, I mean, quick maths, it, uh, 1,400, 1,500 top of my head, probably miles away. But it's a lot of money that the club's going to get for us. Why do they need league? I think we're losing Ryan again, though. Oh, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, Angus, I'm going to come to you with the exactly well, the same the same question. In, you know, oh, players aren't getting money on the referees because they're still going to pay the subs to us to pay for the referees that week. So they're still going to get the personal insurance. Because... Right, that, that kind of went really, really quickly. We had a, a kind of uh, sort of fault on the line somewhere there, Ryan. Um, j- just repeat that. So would you like to see, uh, you know, referees fees included in that? Or was he saying... No, I was just saying, the, you know, when I've looked, I've, I've watched, um, what's the referee called? Is it Robert Hicks? Yeah. Mm. Robert Hicks. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, Robert yeah. Hicks. Yeah, so I watched the interview.
It's not happening, is it, unfortunately, for Ray? And he talks about... Uh, I'll call, come back to you in a couple of minutes, Ryan, because we're still having a couple of uh, issues sort of hearing you. Um, so, Angus... Yeah, you, yeah, sorry about that. Don't worry, don't worry. If, if you're in charge of, the, uh, of, of, of that funding and it's got to stay, what would you like the money to be spent on? What would help the, the lizards? I think I think the same as Ryan. It, 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 it most likely be the, the other way around that I'd preferring that we weren't having players play, paying that. But I, I would I would like to see the either some sort of explanation of where it's you know some sort of transparency as to where that money is going. You know, is it is it feeding back into you know is it feeding back into community game? Is it reducing costs of certain you know other of of certain things for the clubs on match days? Um, you know, is it is it reducing league, like league fees? Is it reducing refereeing costs, things like that? But I think I it, it would be I think that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That would be the main thing I would, t- I, would, I would like to see out of it, really, is the transparency of where it's going. Yeah. And, you know, I agreed with what Ryan said before of, you know, as I, I had mentioned, you know, that it might be a certain point of the RFL recouping stuff from COVID. But like Ryan says, is it fair that that's landed on community clubs and players and things? Probably not. Um, so I think the, the the real element of that, I mean, it's a, a thing that's probably one of the things that a lot of people would ask from the RFL in general is, is that transparency of where does that go? You know, does that feed into, does that feed into, into things into the community game or does it just go into that general that general RFL pot you know it's it's more where is it going why why are we paying this beyond the explainer that has gone out and you know it's a is because you know it's a it's a lot of, per club it's a lot of money per league it's a lot of money yeah. you know where where in particular is that going um it's probably what what I'd wish for but really the yeah I mean the bottom line is to if you, if if it if it dis, did disappear, I'd be happier with than that than, than necessarily what we'd want out of it. If you see what I mean. Okay, uh, let's try and come back to yourself here, Ryan. Again, so you kind of like cut off halfway through what you were saying with regards to uh, how you would like to see um, if the money does have to come out from clubs, how you would like to see it reinvested. Yeah, um, I was just saying I watched the video with Robert Hicks and um, talking about obviously. Um, where the money's going and, and, you know, he talks about the referees and stuff like that. And I just kind of think, well, from looking at our costs year on year, we're not saving any money as a club. So all our players are paying this extra money. We're not getting anything more as a club. 
if we were going to be getting more as a club, for example, if they were going to say, right, okay, if you get, this is where they go wrong. As a business, if you were doing this as a business, you'd, you'd say, right. Your club get back, whether it be towards equipment. That would be almost the RFL gets it back. There's nothing it's, it's no carrot, it's just stick, stick, sticking from the old club to the new club. And we've just broke a post and we've just had you know, that that's about 600 quid. I think, unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut Mom, in. Yeah. He's kind of give, he's giving up the ghost. And, that, that internet, I think, of of Ryan's, it's not catching up. Um, actually, instead, uh, was good. That, that was the game, not from the RFL, but. Now, uh, Steve, there's definitely been some interesting, interesting thoughts tonight. I mean, the general, the general gist, I think, of of, of what Ryan was trying to get at, though, was that, um, you know, there is possibly better uses of the money and, and things that it could be invested in, which would come back to the clubs. And I think, um, I think you was trying to say there, Ryan, wasn't you? Just regarding, um, you know, the uh, the numbers. You said it should have been looked at with more of a business sense. Yes, I was just saying. If we if we started looking at it more as a business um, and starting to generate um, you know profit, going about the word profit the right way, getting more sponsors involved in the game, getting the amateur game sponsored, getting the amateur referees sponsored, like you know that kind of stuff, bringing more people into the game and finding you know rather than trying to get every last penny out of the few that are involved in the game, try and encourage more businesses to get involved, try and encourage more sponsors to get involved. You know, generate money that way. Rugby league is a is such a fantastic product, but it's marketed so badly in this yeah. country, um, and there's such a massive opportunity there. And I just think if we really, you know, so, I mean, the Channel Four getting the rugby that's absolutely fantastic. More stuff like that. We are making some good steps, but I feel for every step forward, there's two steps back, and this is one of them. Like right, twenty five quid for the players, it's it's just. It's it's ludicrous. Okay, I'm I'm glad we finally got that point. You know, between <laughs> between between you, me, and your internet, I think I'm just going to say, I know what I want for my twenty five quid: a decent internet connection for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pay don't pay twenty five quid to Virgin, or else you'll get this. <laughs> <laughs> um, gentlemen, I, I know we're sort of like running towards the back end. Of the, the back end of the show now. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked about your clubs that you wanted to get out there tonight? Uh, so if we can come to yourself, Angus, is there, is there anything else about the Lizards that we've not asked about that you're wanting to get the message across? No, I think I think we've covered quite a lot of it. As I said, you know, um, if there is anyone that's listening and is interested, just get in contact with us, you know, for our social media, really. We'd, we're, we're really looking forward to it, yeah. Um, we're hoping it's going to be a successful first year. And just, yeah, just hoping that, you know, in two or three years' time or next year or something, we're back on after a successful year and, and you know, and sort of 
running ourselves up again. I would do it. The, the one thing, I would, as I said, you know, in terms of the lizards, that's probably we probably covered most things. Um, the one thing I would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention because he asked me to mention it is if you are, if you're looking, we were talking earlier about rugby league clubs getting everywhere and getting spread by people. If you are looking for a, a slightly interesting point of view, is my brother's just set up a club uh, in out, running out of, uh, of Norwich, um, the Anglian, Anglian Vipers. Um, I believe the, the RFL actually posted some of the stuff through the week, so he did ask me if I if I would at least mention them because they're, they're setting up in the in the east middle east of England league uh, for the coming year. Hey, get him to contact us. We'll feature. Yeah, you know, yeah. Him great, yeah. great to hear about you know rugby league in Norwich. They'd be the the biggest fan would be Alan Partridge, wouldn't it? I think yeah. that. But you know, oh, great, great to hear that. By the way, isn't yeah. it, Steve? Yeah, very much. Like I said, I know people say it's an M62 corridor product. Okay, professionally it is, but it's it's, it's everywhere. It's ever. It's just not talked about enough. Just not talked about enough, and that's what we're here for. Yeah, we'd definitely like to hear that story of the Vipers. We'll be in touch very soon there. Um, Ryan, is there anything that we've not covered regarding Cutbert and Cougars and, um, you know, maybe any plans, anything that we've we've not touched upon? No, um, there's one big thing that's happened this year, which uh, we're really proud of. Um, It's been shared a lot on social media with a lot of professional rugby players as well. Um, And that's someone came forward to anonymously sponsor us this year £1,000 for the front of the shirt um, and said, give it to Andy's Man Club um, and don't mention us because it won't benefit us as a business. Um, and I just think we were on about it earlier in terms of what I was on about earlier in terms of sponsors. And it's just a fantastic gesture. Um, we reached over 70,000 people um, on Facebook with with the message about Andy's um, off the back of this, it's, it would be really good if other businesses are out there. Um, and I know, for example, with Liverpool Wizards, they'll be the same. And so on, moving forward. Um, thing you get you get told when you ask for sponsors, it's not going to benefit us as a business. Well, if it's not going to benefit you as a business, but you've still got a little bit of money spare, <laughs> sponsor a club and put a charity on the shirt um, or anything like that. Um, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, big shout out to Andy's Man Club as well. Uh, yeah, they do some fantastic work, do Andy's Man Club. I know it's something that I follow on Twitter as well. So yeah, um, and it, it's great that you've got a sponsor there who's just said, yeah, donate that to the charity or donate that and give the charity that space. I think that's, that is fantastic. We've we've had yeah. a couple of charities that have been mentioned, haven't we, over the, the course of our our existence, Steve? And it, it's it's great that people are wanting to do that and put their, their name forward. Yeah, and this is the thing I think we had, we had a, it's a little while ago about what we discussed about, you know, uh, thinking outside of the box, you know, when it comes to trying to get sponsorship and different things. And that that's exactly it. And these types of things, you know, sort of the other clubs may not have thought of that. And that is hopefully the, where we can get this word out and other people can sort of say, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a cracking idea. Let's, let's have a go at that. And that might benefit them. And that's the great thing about this, where we share ideas so much and so easily. And, 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 and it benefits the community game. Fantastic. 
Gentlemen, I've loved having you on. Thank you ever so much for giving up your evenings and, and coming on and having a chat with us. So, Angus, best of luck this season with the Liverpool Lizards. There's just two games that I want you to lose, and those are against my beloved Lee East. So. <laughs> but other than that, you can go and beat them, mate. It's, it's going to look very suspect now if we actually do lose things, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, I, can't, I, can't make any, I can't make any promises, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Have a good season, mate. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. Uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. And Ryan, thank you ever so much for telling us all about Cutburn and Cougars, your, your plans for the future and what you've got going on. It sounds like you're in for an interesting time in the in the league as well with the underbank Rangers awaiting. Yeah, I, th- I think he's gone. <laughs> Yeah, so but uh, great, great to have both gentlemen on. Great to feature both clubs. Um, we have one more feature this evening, don't we, Steve? We Which, do, yeah. Uh, on on Monday night, I had a chat with Alan Coleman because you may have seen the announcement today that there's been a 32 player squad that's been announced for the England Community Lions under 19 side. Now, when I spoke to Alan, it was 31 players. And there has been another player added to that squad, which is uh, Mackay Bridgman Reaney from uh, Stanningley. Um, so I'm really pleased that he's been added and they've extended it. Uh, but let's hear that conversation that I had with Alan. So, Alan, we, uh, we're we having one of these conversations again. Uh, it's been quite quite difficult to imagine getting the uh, the 50-odd names down to 31 for this next phase of uh, Lions selection. Uh, tell us, how did you do that, first of all? Well, as you know, Dave, and, and you was there part of the um, the um, trial games. Basically, what we've done is staff. Um, I split the staff up into three teams, and basically they all led a team each. And then the beauty of having it on our league, and we can watch the games back and back and back. And I think I, I'm, I'm on. My, I was on my fifth fifth time of watching it all um, last just before the weekend, uh, and then. I got feedback from the other staff, the nominated players, and myself also, and that's how we whittled it down to thirty-one. Okay, uh, I mean, just just looking down that list, you've got um, you've got a lot of balance in that squad, really, haven't you? You know, you've got you know backups right across the line and, and players that can play in multiple positions. Yeah, you know, really excited with the the amount of quality what was there at uh, Pilks for the trial, um, and, and you know, we could have picked many more to be honest. You know, unfortunately, though, we can't. And, this is going to be an even more difficult job now, cutting it back um, to 21. But I just feel as though the squad we've got now gives us, like you said, a real balance of quality. There's, there's three or four for every position there. And that's um, that's going to bring some challenges, but it's also going to bring some, what I feel as though, being the best quality for England. And certainly a, f- a few different names. You know, I know there's a couple of names in there that have been involved in previous England squads. Um, you know, your likes of your Ryan Woods and your partner bees of this world. But a few different names coming in now, which, uh, you know, I-, I suppose as well backs up what you were saying before about the uh, the strength of the community clubs. Yeah, um, you'll always get that. You know, there's some kids out there who, who progressively come through the age groups of, of international representation. Um, but you also get some who who don't potentially get seen. And, and I think uh, how we do the Lions programme now, especially Alan Davidson, is um, we reach out to as many clubs as we can and it doesn't matter what division they're in. It's important they get as much opportunity as anybody else. Um, and I just think how, how he's gone about that this year 
and giving every club an opportunity, that's when you'll see these hidden gems, as, as we say, and, and give everybody a, a fair playing field. I mean, you know, I don't want to mention anybody out for any particular praise in, 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 in honesty, but, you know, Cottingham Tigers, a club like that, getting a, a couple of representatives, uh, Langworthy Reds as well. It's great to see some of these other clubs sort of listed on, on the list. Yeah, and it's really important that the clubs get that exposure as well. And then hopefully it grows their club because the most important thing for us as the Lions programme is is to help the community clubs grow. And it's really important that we do that. And, and like you say, naming a few there, you know, probably some people don't know about these teams. And it's a real shame because they've got some fantastic clubs out there. Um, so hopefully now with this, we can give it as much exposure as possible. Um, so what's the next stage? Okay, so we meet on the 6th of March um, and what we'll do is we'll we'll do a 30-man 30, 30 training squad and basically we will go through everything. We'll do um, Stephen Carmack will be doing some welfare issues, we'll do a, a scat test and a head test. We'll do photo shoots. We'll do everything basically in one in one hit and then we'll, we'll just probably do an hour or two training and just get a meet and greet more than anything. And then, unfortunately, you know, after the next two sessions, it will be cut down to 21. But what we will ex- what explain is basically through injury or people unable to attend, basically these 31 now are in an initial train-on squad. So if anyone does get picked on the 21-man squad, and God forbid if they got injured and couldn't go, we've got mm. something to fall back on for the people who's been in that environment. It's kind of strength in numbers, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in if we do it like that, you know, the 10 kids who are how unfortunate, we should have the cover for every position, obviously, but two or three in them, in them areas where we can we can look back and, and give somebody an opportunity if it wasn't um, happening at the first, first time of asking as such. Now, it should also be noted as well, Alan, that from that uh, particular, um, you know, um, uh, trial day that was held a few weeks ago, that you've lost a couple of members to uh, lads signing pro contracts. Yeah. Um, I know Mason's signed a professional contract for two years. It just shows that from that from that game, what was on our league, and then I know on the day I was speaking to Wiganess and telling scouts, you know, that there's, there's some magnificent talent. Um, and as you know from the programmes, George Lawler, Frankie Alton, you know, George Senior, they all go on to better things. And, and that's the good thing about the the Lions programme retention as well, keeping them in the community game, but also pushing them to make it as far as they can. And as you say, you know, because of the uh, because of the times when these are sort of named, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it means that any players that do fall out from the professional ranks can still get involved, can't they? Yeah, and and the big word is for me is retention because mm. we we noticed we noticed at under 18s level, um, myself, Alan Davison, Matt Lovren. Basically, that was where the biggest number of people stopping playing the game was from, from 16s to 18s, and then from 18s to open age. And I think a lot of that, Dave, comes from, you know, some professional clubs telling kids at 16, 17, they're not good enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, they have to do that, but I don't know you can tell a kid at that age he's not good enough. Um, you know, everybody peaks at different times. So the, the thing for us is we've got a 16, the 17s, and 19s, of 23s and an open age programme as long as long with the physical disability and the, the women's. So there's, we can keep as much retention in the sport as possible, hopefully. So those were the thoughts of Alan Coleman. Always great to hear from Alan, isn't it, Steve? And, uh, you know, it, you can certainly get a good conversation going with him. Oh, yeah, and very much so. And so we've been there that day myself and uh, uh, seeing a lot of these lads, uh, how they played. 
Uh, when you look at the, they've narrowed it down to uh, and obviously uh, the thirty-two man now. You, there was nobody there really. You could say, oh no, they're, they're definitely no good. Do you know what I mean? They definitely won't get in. Everybody there, I thought, had a valid chance of getting in. So uh, uh, good on them in the sense of, of of managing to get to you know the the, the first part uh, of it. But to to the, these guys now, you know where. Uh, uh, it's stepping up uh, a little bit higher, and again, there's going to be a, that. Was it an extra ten going to be cut now, something like that? That's right. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're looking at twenty-one, twenty-two that they'll eventually take over to Italy. Yeah. Um, hopefully that goes ahead. By the way, in September, so it's the it's the uh, the, the Euros. I noticed that there is a, a Ukraine side that's meant to be taking part in that one. So God knows what's going to happen with everything out in the wider world. Interesting. But we'll we'll, mm. we'll keep our eyes on that one. Um, let's just have a quick look at the squad. So obviously you, you you're now aware of these few you know a few of these lads' names, yeah. aren't you, Steve? You know after after your initiation and sort of watching the lads as, as as he did on the day. So big congratulations to Jake Smith and George Painter of the Cottingham Tigers, to Bradley Radford, yes, he is <laughs> Lee Radford's lad, uh-huh. from East Hull, uh, to Andy Dukem from East Leeds. He was dead impressive, I thought, during the, the trials. Yeah. Uh, Logan Holgate, he's the youngest member of the squad. Uh, so he was playing under-16s England last season, and now he's got a chance for representing England Community Lions under-19s. So he's from Hensingham. Bradley Wheeler from Hunslet Club Parkside is in there. He was very versatile. He played back row. Bit at prop and a bit at centre as well. Right, yeah, very yeah. rightly, he was he was all over the shop, but had a, a really really good impact. Uh, Harry Penny comes in from Ince Rose Bridge. Blaine Graham from Kells. Josh Wagstaff was mega impressive from Langworthy Red, so I'm really pleased to see his name there. We've got three players in from Lee Miners Rangers: Tyler Bertle, Noah Lancelot, and Matthew Parks. We've got Mitch Todd in from Loka. Jack Newbegin from Millam, and his teammate Rio Wilson McQuiston also from Millen. Then uh, we've got a couple of Newton Storm lads in there, Steve. I'm sure you're you're really happy with that. Oh, I know yeah. you've been over the moon. Most tabs over the last couple of years at Newton Storm. Uh, they had a, a very successful under-18 side last year. And Mark Alban and Toby Hughes have been rewarded for their efforts in the trial games. Dylan Turner comes into this 32-player squad from Oldham St. Anne's. Alongside him, Luke Slater from Oral St. James. Ryan Lockett, he impressed in front of his home fans, Pilkington Rex. And uh, there's Harvey Oldroyd, who's in that squad from Siddle. Uh, as we said, Mackay Bridgman Reaney from Stanley was a, a late addition to the squad. They were checking out his availability, I think, and the fact that he has signed uh, a contract with Leeds, but it's not a professional contract. Yeah. And apparently, he's still going to be made available to play community rugby league. So they've checked out the rules, and he's okay, you know, with regarding that. So that's the way uh, forward it, for me. That's the way. Definitely, forward. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if we've been talking Barley National Cup mm-hmm. or anything like that, he wouldn't be able to yeah. play, would he? Or, or Barley Yorkshire Cup, even he wouldn't be able to play in 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 those or or represent his side because you know he's now signed a, a deal with Leeds. But you know, fair play. I'm glad that we're, we're seeing progress on that score as well because you can't be having lads having international honours potentially taken away from him no. because of a load of red tape. That's yeah, my, my thought. That's that's my rant for the afternoon and evening done with there. Um, so also in this squad is Connor Goldthorpe and Kieran Dean from Thato, Callum Murphy and Scott Parnaby from Waterhead. Great story with Scott Parnaby, by the way, because he played in the under-17s international last year. Um, he's made his professional debut 
for Rochdale Hornets. They were down to their last 18 players in the recent Challenge Cup game up yeah. against Lock Lane. So, funnily enough, he would have played against one of the Lions coaching staff um, in, that, in that game. So, I, I'm sure he'll have, been, he'll have impressed. And he's got a big future in front of him is Scott Parnaby. Yeah. Max Tordoff from West Bowling did particularly well in the trials, as did Archie Halmshaw. Uh, our friend Kieran Wellburn from West Hull. Great player. Great good. player. I'm really pleased that he's got in. Let's hope that, uh, you know, he, he can push forward and gain a spot. Yeah. Uh, we had Westgate coming on a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? He were... Uh, championing Josh Leeson, who I thought was absolutely phenomenal in the mm. trials. He, he's got such a quick play of the ball, um, and he offers some a different point really from a prop forward point of view. So his his game is quickly getting to the defence, playing the ball, make it quick. Uh, where you look at someone like Luke Slater, who we mentioned before from Oral St James, he's got more of a uh, a twist and pass yeah. out of. So he'll look to release the ball, um, and you know uh, Leeson will hit the ground, play it really quick really quickly uh kian cockshot comes in from wibsey warriors and ryan wood who was the skipper of the under 17s england side last year so he's he's continued his progression um he says wigan st jude's on the list but i did see a picture of him representing thato heath um in in the recent uh last couple of weeks so i, I wonder whether he's sort of uh moved over, over yeah. for the new season so but we'll we'll, we'll endeavor to find that out but you know, congratulations to all of those lads. Yeah. I think the hard work has just started though, um, because they'll all be vying for the positions. And, and I remember my conversation with uh, Steve McCormack uh, on this when I was doing the commentary on the games. And he said, in a way, you want to show that, yes, you're a good teammate, but you've also got to be very, um, you, you know, you, you've got to be very selfish as well. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a winger, take as many carries as you can, get as involved as you can. Um, and if you're a halfback, you're looking to link it, play up, but you're also looking at seeing what you can do and trying to show your skills and stuff. So, um, you know, congratulations to all those guys. They've all earned it. They've all done it the hard way. But like you said, there were so many other players yeah. that it must yeah. have been, you know, the, the the coin toss basically of who got selected because there wasn't much between any of them really, was there? No, not not at all. Uh, all of them did themselves proud, did the families proud, and did the clubs proud. And and the other thing we've got to say congratulations congratulations to is 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 all those clubs as well for producing those guys because uh, like we said, with, without those clubs, these types of things you know can't go forward. Uh, just what just a shame that that our uh, uh, man of the match winner uh, went and signed a contract with Hull. Eh? I don't know. Is it Mason? Mason, Mason mm. Palmer. Yeah, I mean he's a he, he is a fantastic he's player, good, isn't he? Good I, lad, I, yeah. I wish him best of luck. You know, very much signed so. a two-year deal there, and the way Hull are playing at the moment, he could be in the first team next week. He could be playing it, next week. Yeah, certainly could. Yeah, yeah. I mean they got splattered by Saint Thomas, didn't they, at the weekend? But, but uh, right. Uh, sorry, Steve. You no, sure I was just going to say, if he can play half-back, he might get a game shortly, at least for five. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether he can. I wonder whether he can. Um, Steve, it's been great having you alongside me again, mate. No problem. You know that, Parker. And uh, we're looking forward to the season. Next week, we've got Wigan St. Jude's from the NCL coming on to give an appraisal of what we can expect from them. Uh, so I'm really looking to including them in the conversation and having a good chat and uh, a good look forward to the start of the NCL season. Um, but uh, again, my thanks to both our guests this evening. Best of luck to both clubs. And I'm sure we'll hear more about it as we progress. But that's us done and dusted for the evening. And we'll see you again next week. Cheerio.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.